From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. Imagine you are about to step out on Shark Tank. You're about to face those judges. The cameras are rolling. They're zooming in on your sweaty face. What should you be thinking? Keep that energy high. That, of course, is the voice of Barbara Corcoran, one of the sharks on Shark Tank, who says, energy, it can matter even more than what you say. The minute an entrepreneur starts pitching any of the sharks on Shark Tank, we all have the same reaction. Do our shoulders go down or we lean forward and want to hear what they have to say? And that has less to do with the words of the pitch and more to do with the individual's energies. I liked hearing that because, you know, I don't know what I'm always talking about, but I do feel pretty good about the level of energy I'm able to maintain. (laughs) So here's why I was talking to Barbara. Well, first, Barbara was interviewing me. I went on her podcast, which is called Business Unusual. You should go look it up right now. It's a great show. And I especially like the episode I was on. It's out. Go listen to it. It's fun. And then to promote that episode, Barbara and I decided to have an Instagram live chat, which was super fun. And that is what you are going to hear today. Because of course, on Instagram live, it's uh, it's there and then it's gone. But here on podcast land, it can live forever. And she had so much great insight for entrepreneurs. We cover a range of issues about how to give feedback, how to receive feedback, the value of being really straightforward with people as the sharks are, and more. We also, of course, talk a little bit more about what to do if you are walking into the tank or, because not everyone's walking into the tank, walking into any big high stakes moment. I absolutely love talking to Barbara Corker and she is just so fun and so insightful. You're going to have a blast with this one. It is coming up after the break. Think about a bicycle. It takes balance to get where you want to go. Now think about business. Whatever your business or organization, you ride the line between numbers and people. Just like the bike, it takes balance. C-L-A. CPAs, consultants, and wealth advisors. That's C-L-A. We'll get you there. Clifton Larson Allen LLP. Investment advisory services are offered through Clifton Larson Allen Wealth Advisors LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. All right, we're back. So let's set the stage here. Barbara and I, like I said, are reconnecting on Instagram Live after being in person in her office in Manhattan, recording her podcast, and then some TikToks afterwards, uh, a week or so before. And uh, I should say about the TikToks, (laughs) well, first, uh, here's what Barbara has to say. It's so great to reconnect. I'm missing you. We had a lot of fun on TikTok the other day. I almost wanted to charge you for being here because if you look like you're having too much fun, you should have picked ticket price. You know what? Guilty is charged. Making TikToks with Barbara Corcoran is a joyful experience. So Barbara has a great team who is up on all the trends on TikTok, which frankly, Barbara and I are not, but we are happy to participate. And so they they showed us a couple silly things to do. And then Barbara and I threw ourselves into it and I think delighted each other with how ridiculous each of us was willing to be. I have to say, I was really just, it was so delightful to see how fun and funny Barbara Barbara can be because, of course, on Shark Tank, sometimes she is making dreams come true, but other times she is really 
crushing dreams. And so I had said that to her at the time and she said, well, look, you can't take yourself too seriously. It's like really important not to. So when we started off on Instagram Live, I asked her to dive a little bit more into that. Why is it so important to not take yourself seriously? Because people instinctively know what genuine is. And when you're not genuine, people see right through it and you lose credibility. And the very important thing in all business, which is trust. But you know what? She doesn't just think of genuineness as something that is built into being funny. Genuineness is also built into being really direct and sometimes saying things people don't want to hear. So let's pick up the conversation from here. I think if you could look somebody in the eye and tell them honestly how you feel, even if it's a tough criticism, people will take it because they recognize it right away as the truth. And uh, I don't even think it was optional. I just think it's the way you're supposed to be because it's what people want to hear. They want to hear truth. Yeah. They love it around, you know? That's all. You know what that reminds me of? Our mutual friend, Nicole Lappin, often talks about the distinction between being nice and being kind. Because being nice, you like, yeah, be, you know, being nice is it's easy to be nice, but being nice doesn't often get anyone anywhere. But, but being kind means being thoughtful and helping people and sometimes telling them something that they don't want to hear, but that they need to hear. It's so much more important to be kind than it is nice. What do you think of that? You know what I think the important difference is with kindness, you're giving a piece of yourself, whatever form you're giving it. And that's a gift. You're extending a hand, you're opening a door. You're giving honest advice. It's like a sharing of yourself. Gift and people respond to gifts. We all like. Is that something you had to learn along the way? Because when I watch Shark Tank, one of the things I think about is it actually must be difficult to be as a shark, tell someone who just poured their entire heart out in front of you and is 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 looking to build the thing that they have devoted their lives to, to tell them that it's not going to work and to tell it to them very directly and on television. Is, is that what you have to learn how to do? Or how, how do you find that, that directness? At, uh, because I think that it's something that other people could, should be learning more to, to move through the world being really uh, clear with people about their feedback. And often it's very hard for people to do that. Well, I think the saddest thing in the world is wasting your time on a path that's not going anywhere, or you're hoping to find fulfillment in a relationship that's not going to deliver. So I think Sometimes people really need a little shine on that. Like, hey, is this really worth it? I have to, I'm embarrassed to credit Kevin O'Leary with that. Uh, But I think I learned more from him telling it like it was that way. Like this boat ain't going anywhere. I shoot it out behind the bar. He's got a million of those great lines, right? And I think in watching that, I think he's cruel in his delivery. I think I'm a little better in my delivery, I hope. Uh, But he delivers it. And people listen. And a lot of people go home and quit. And you might say, well, that's a disservice to an entrepreneur. But they come in sometimes desperate to quit. (laughs) And somebody's got to tell them it's okay, you know? Right. Because they've said, you know, there's this, the economic theory of the sunk cost fallacy that just because you spent a lot of time doing something that you should continue to do it. But sometimes you're doing that at the expense of spending time on something that's really going to work. I was just talking to an author named Annie Duke who wrote a book called Quit, actually. And she made this really wonderful point. I wonder what you make of it. Where she told me, you know, she said, look, think of it like this. If what would happen if you had to marry the first person that you dated? Right? What, would, what would you do? You would, you would never go on a date, right? You would, you would never do it. But the reason why we're able to find the right person is because, frankly, we can quit on a lot of people. 
Because we go and we try and we learn and dating is about gathering information and then we are able to quit. So now apply that to everything. We date ideas, we date projects. And the value in that experience is that we can walk away from the ones that don't work so that we can spend the time finding the ones that do. I don't know about that. Okay. I spit on it. That's an ideal world. But I meet a lot of people on Shark Tank that have mortgaged a house, slaved away in a business going nowhere for four years, don't have the money to send their kids to college. Their wife's ready to dump them. They hate for trying so hard. Uh, for that particular individual to quit comes with a lot more trimmings. He's yeah. got to hit defeat. He's got to look at his wife and tell her she was right or not say anything. She's going to know she was right. He's got to undo a mortgage that he can't possibly undo. And he's got to redefine himself all over again. That's a heartbreaker. That's a hard thing for someone to find courage to do. Uh, so quitting a date is vastly different than besting yourself in a business and quitting a business. It really comes with a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of heartbreak and hardship, yeah. I think. But it's got to be done because how many people do you know? I know very few people who have succeeded on their first business. I had a flower business, a flower of the week club through college. I thought was going to not make me rich. It wasn't the God I was serving, but going to give me a great thing for my life, working with flowers and making people happy. It was a disaster. Went bankrupt within a year and a half, I guess. But thank God, because as to your point, it opened the door for doing something else. And most of my really successful entrepreneurs were not successful in their first business. And so the ability to call it quits and then have the gumption to get back up and move on to something else and do it all again. They're either nutty or they maybe weren't smart, but it worked the second time around or the third time around. So quitting is so essential, but I think it's a hard thing to do. I think it's a hard thing to do for a lot of people. Barbara, I'm just going to, for those who are new to the room, I'm going to say you are very obviously Barbara Corcoran, known uh, uh, known everywhere. My whole life. (laughs) As a star of Shark Tank. Uh, I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Oscar Magazine. Uh, We're talking right now uh, because it's fun to talk to you, but also because I'm going to be on your great podcast that everyone should be listening to, which is called Business Unusual. Uh, We had so much fun recording that recently, and it comes out next week. And uh, On Tuesday specifically, uh, got to listen to it. You're going to see another side of this guy, Jason, that you said, where was he hiding? Where is this guy hiding? <laughs> it required it required Barbara Corcoran to pull it out of me. And I, and I was also on talking about, I'll just quick plug for me, because why not? Because here we are. Anyway, I wrote this book called Built for Tomorrow about how to be more adaptable. Barbara, so I'd love to know, let, let's, take it, let's take it a little further because obviously what people see is entrepreneurs pitching you on the show. What they see less of, occasionally through the update segments, what they see less of is what happens when you actually get to work with the ones that you invest in. And... I'm really curious to hear maybe what you've seen or maybe some of the big mistakes that are, that are being made or missed opportunities once you actually start getting into these entrepreneurs' businesses that entrepreneurs who are watching right now might, might want to learn from and think about. Yeah, people repeat the same mistakes, but I think even more important than the mistakes, because most of us make mistakes every day we get on with it, right? Um, I think the important thing is the quality of the individual the quality of the individual or the business or the concept or its application or any of the Harvard MBA stuff you're supposed to do, but the individual themselves. Everybody who is on Shark Tank really wants to make it big. They want to make it big. But what I'm looking for is always the person who has to make it big. It's a big difference. And it's not about desperation. It's about ambition. When you're into your business, after you get it up and going, the getting up and going is frankly the easy part. 
The hard part is sticking with it and getting it through its trials and tribulations and setbacks and smashes in the head, disbeliefs and all the stuff you go through to build a business. And for that, it always falls back on ambition. That's what I've always noted. It falls back on the ambition of the individual that's got to make it. And for me, a person that's got to make it is usually an in, uh, someone who's been injured more often. Yeah. Someone who probably needs a good shrink instead of a business, but all of you, they are business. And what they're doing is they're proving an injury out from somewhere way back, whether it be, like for me, it's my sister, Stella Marie, who told me I'd always be stupid. And that was only in second grade. I guess I've spent the better years of my life proving a stupid sister, Stella Marie, that I'm not. And you have, you have a story with every one of my successful entrepreneurs where something went wrong. And so it's not an option to succeed. They have to succeed. Mm -hmm. They just have to succeed. And so when I look at all the years in Shark Tank and think who are the most successful people, I find my common ground with everywhere. Mm -hmm. They give me a partner with a double injury, two partners, two for the price of one. I got quadruple the chances of succeeding with that person. So I love what you just said there, and I and I want to turn it into some more actionable advice because I think that oftentimes, Barbara, people are afraid to share that part of themselves that was injured or the thing about their journey that was a big setback. You know, I often think about it like there are three parts to every story, you know, every every movie, every book, and that's uh, it's the hero's journey. I set out to do something. I had a setback. I overcame. And entrepreneurs oftentimes like to skip that second part and just tell you the story of, I set out to do something and it was a success. And they're hiding the part that I think oftentimes is really actually the most powerful one. It's the one that is going to connect others to you, that's going to be relatable. And that I, I love, and this is why I say this, I, I, I'm curious for your advice on uh, to entrepreneurs who are maybe afraid of sharing that that part. But what you were just saying there to me sounds like that that part of the story, the part where things went really wrong, is actually the part that is telling you maybe more about them than anything else. And that if they hide that from people, that they're really just closing doors. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think people, when they don't share the injury, it's about insecurity or they haven't come to terms with it themselves. But the funny thing about injury is I don't think you really ever come to terms with it. It's the kind of injury that stays on you. It's a mark, a scar that you work with. I think in every business, if you could get somebody to sit down and write a list of the continued injuries or upsets that happen building a business, you will also find that on every single one of them, it was a growth spurt that followed it. Mm. Uh, I can remember every big setback in building my corporate group business, not even talking about the people I invested on charting, just my own life experience. Every single time I had a big setback, I had an equally big push forward on his heels. Only I stood around to find it, you know, stay in the game to find the damn thing. But it happened every time. Got me so much so that in good times when all my competitors were doing well, I didn't try as hard because I knew I couldn't move ahead unless it was a bad time and I was smacked on the head. That's when I came in. That's when I kicked forward. That's when I was most creative. That's when I was scared to death. And it brought out the best in me every time and the most creativity to solve the problem. And I think people who are good at entrepreneurship are wired that way. I think they do well with setbacks. Not that they wish the next one's coming soon. You don't really want it next. But when they come, they have a way of finding the juice in the whole damn thing and how to turn around to their advantage. And great, a larger example of this is just coming through COVID. I mean, when I look at my entrepreneurs, 
I'd say 20% came through and got stronger right through from the get-go. And 80% of the people just lost it, you know, Mm -hmm. just lost it. And that was, they were the entrepreneurs. The other 8% were wannabe entrepreneurs that really weren't. Don't thrive in those environments with changes all around you. Your book addresses it so well. All around you, what do you do about it? You have to take advantage of it. And that's when you push ahead. It's the same with every kind of business I've been able to be close and private with. We're going to take a short break and then pick up exactly where we left off. Did you know that the average podcast listener has six shows in rotation? So hey, when you're not listening to Problem Solvers, I have the perfect show to add to your rotation. It is the Jordan Harbinger Show. And I know you'll love it because Jordan is an ideas guy, a curiosity guy. He dives into the minds of fascinating people from the smartest CEOs and entrepreneurs to athletes, authors, scientists, mobsters, and even spies, because all of them have something you can learn from. Jordan gets his guests to share never-before-heard stories, thought-provoking insights, and tactical bits of wisdom, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, better, problem solver. And every Friday, he does a segment called Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on absolutely everything from escaping a cult to asking for a raise. Now, full disclosure, Jordan is a friend of mine, but he's one of those friends I just keep learning stuff from. Listen to an episode of The Jordan Harbinger Show, and you'll understand why I am so happy to tell you about this. Or hell, listen to the episode I was on recently, because we had a lot of fun. You can't go wrong with adding The Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It is incredibly interesting, and there's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That is H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, we're back. Barbara Corcoran was talking about how during the pandemic, 20% of the businesses she has worked with found ways to thrive, and 80% kind of fell apart, which made me wonder. Barbara, let's let's get going with that because that's so interesting that you saw you saw the, the entrepreneurs that you work with get split into these groups or 80% really lost their way during a moment of great disruption like COVID and 20% really found something. What do you think that 20% were doing or telling themselves that maybe others are missing? I saw an MO that uh, most people followed, not that it was dictated by anything, but it was a pattern that repeated. And I noticed very early, which is they told the truth to the people that they were working with, even sooner than they told the truth to themselves. We have a problem. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if we're going to be able to keep the jobs that we have. I don't know how I'm going to handle it, but we're going to do the best we can. And this is my initial plan as to how we're going to cope with this. And that initial plan usually came along with some different way of doing business to try, not with confidence, but to try. So for example, on my cousin's main lobsters, which was a tremendously successful franchise business that sells lobsters of trucks and restaurants. And we cover them all the time. Yeah. Terrific entrepreneurs. Each on their own would be a success, but together they're unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, But I remember they called a meeting the minute, I think it was early March, they called a meeting with everybody and said, we have a problem. We don't have the cash flow. We don't know what we're going to do about it. They admitted, like, I don't know. How human is that? And they said, but this is what we're going to do. We're going to try this. And the thing they tried was to immediately change their whole operation to an online app. We ordered your lobsters, pulled up them to a parking lot. They went out. They sent their people out into the big stores that were closed because there were giant parking lots. They put their, they marked out their locations like a war front. 
and they delivered their trucks there and forecasted like crazy. And their sales were up by 20% by the end of March. Figure it out. They closed their operation, but their sales up by 20%, the traditional way they did it. I have another entrepreneur that has a business, a tr- again, another great partnership, a tremendous uh, business called Bolho Vans. And what they were doing is leasing vans for a quick vacation when COVID hit. Were they lucky? Everybody wanted to get away from Phoenix, okay, go up the mountains. What they did is quickly, they realized, hold it, people want to, they would come back and decide, how do I do this to my van? They bought in a whole new business, arranged the financing through a local Dodge dealership who lost his business, got everybody, all these losers together, and boom, they exploded their business. They all had the same MLO, hit the floor running, and what do we do? What do we try? Without a lot of confidence, but just what do we try? A welcoming of change, again, which you address in your book. I mean, if you can't, if you can't handle change and think on your feet fast and maneuver it, whatever you got to do, you shouldn't be building your own business because that's the nature of business is change around you. And what do you change to keep up with it and outlet it? You know, what I heard in it that's consistent among those stories that you just shared, which were, which were all really great and insightful, is in a way what they were both doing is that they were stepping back and asking themselves, what do people need now? Because like the crazy thing is when... We go through change. We often forget that everyone else is going through change too and that everyone else needs solutions. They need someone to step up and say, I see your problem. I've got an answer. We're so focused on like trying to solve our own problems that we don't realize we actually have an opportunity to solve other people's problems, which is the whole point of business to begin with. So it's very interesting to hear these stories because what I'm really seeing is is entrepreneurs who say, something is changing for my customers or for the world right now. I am in a position to help I just got to figure out how. Uh, one other thing that I think is true, whether you're in a pandemic or you're in unusual upheaval, interest rates, supply chains, all the stuff that hits you, that is very, very important to remember if you're a small entrepreneur. And that is the big guys have taken their guns and gone hiding on you. Your big competitors hide the minute the, sh- I can't say it hits the fan, but I almost said that. <laughs> Keep it clean. But the minute that happens, the big guys pull in everything. They talk to their attorneys, they have collective decisions, they don't lose their reputation, they pull in. That's the time that the entrepreneur has a free invitation to run down the hole. You know, hey, this is my day, you know, because he has the advantage of creativity, which the big guys don't have. The big guys, they think of something on a Monday, it takes them six months to get it out. They vet it out, they communicate, they have a hierarchy, they got to get permission. A little guy just has an idea on the Mondays, he can get it on the street on Tuesday. So in times of change, the little guy has the best opportunity to come to the front. The big guy doesn't have a really good opportunity, honestly. And if you actually watch the big businesses through COVID, they haven't done nearly as well as the small entrepreneurs because of that basic understanding that they don't have that ability to deliver the way we do as little guys. We just have that, you know, run, make a left, make a right, do whatever you want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, I often hear people say, you know, a moment of great crisis, the incumbents fall because they're too big to turn around. And so there really is an amazing opportunity. Bartman, do you think that this holds true for whatever it is that we're about to face? You know, there's a lot of concerns about the economy and people are wondering, is this a time to grow and build? Am I, am I going to struggle to, or are people going to hold on to their money and nobody's going to buy anything? What do you think entrepreneurs should be thinking about as we head into what, at this point, we can just call an unpredictable economy, but obviously a lot of fear about it? I think it entirely depends on the individual's appetite for risk. I mean, it's easy for me to say, I love running. I love anything that's risky. 
I'm just attracted to it like a sickness, you know? So for me, uh, putting myself at risk, taking a, a long shot all the time in bad times turns me on. No. I hate to admit that, but it turns me on. But for another individual uh, that has worked very hard to accumulate a few a few nuts like a squirrel, why do you want to throw it to the wind? It's a kind of scary proposition. So they batten down and run up the tree. It depends on the individual. But again, it's weird. I keep thinking, I keep thinking the difference between those two people even is ambition. Because the entrepreneur that's going to go for it is ambitious. And no matter what the changes all around them, they're going to get to where they want to go. And so they can't really hesitate or wait for the economy to catch up with supplies to be delivered. They, they're already thinking, how else can I get it done? How else can I get it done? Right? That wonderful thinking on their feet that entrepreneurs have a corner on. And so both people can succeed. I know mean, there's no exact formula. But I think for those people that we all look at and go, wow, how did they do it? Uh, you'll find that at the base of everything, uh, not being afraid of. Uh, of the stress of uncertainty, welcoming change again, which you've addressed so well, and mostly needing to succeed, a need to hit that finish line. I'm going to get there no matter what. But we only have a few minutes left. So let me let me ask you this final question. So Shark Tank related, because, you know, so many people dream of being on Shark Tank. And uh, what would your advice be to someone who is walking out those doors and they're facing you all, it is surely a terrifying moment. And, you know, even if you don't make it on Shark Tank, you're going to have other moments like that. There are going to be other big moments where you're in front of people who can make a big difference in your life and you don't have a lot of time to oppress them, but you got to. Now, I know that when, because uh, we were talking about this before, I had read that entrepreneur, that the weird um, production, uh, the quirk of, of Shark Tank is that entrepreneurs walk out and they face the guys and they have to stand silently for like a minute. So the camera... Giant cameras in their faces, the size of cannons, right in your face to catch the sweat. Of course, right. And then they could finally talk. So, so what? What is your advice to either someone in that situation or someone in whatever version of that situation they have in their life when it is it is go time? A lot is on the line. What should be in their heads? Remember, it's a TV show. Number one, keep that energy high. Because what happens on TV, even on social media, your energy gets melted down by the medium. So you're on, that camera's on, boom. Well, whoever you are normally hype it up times two, boom, boom, boom. You know, you have to get that energy high because energy attracts. And the minute an entrepreneur starts pitching any of the sharks on Shark Tank, we all have the same reaction. Do our shoulders go down or we lean forward and want to hear what they have to say? And that has less to do with the words of the pitch and more to do with the individual's energy. So watch your energy, practice it, exaggerate, do exaggeration, I guess, exercises at home. Wake up in the morning and go, what's the coffee? <laughs> what are we eating for breakfast today? So we practice, you know, because that's good for TV. Uh, the other thing is don't worry about having the answers. I mean, so many people are so worried about having the right answer. Quick answer. It's so human to say, I don't know, but I'm eager to find out. And I think I have a plan, but it's the humanness connection that gets the deals. It's not the answers of what are your sales? What are you going to do? I, I know it looks like that because you have to ask those questions. That's what makes a TV show. But in the end, people on Shark Tank, the individual sharks, will connect with someone or not. And that's what makes the deal. So you've got to be entirely yourself, hyped up version of yourself, but entirely yourself. And it's okay. It's okay not to have all the answers. 
However, I, I might put a, a very big PS on that, which is I have found out at many of my businesses that I closed on only after the fact did I find out that they had watched 50 episodes of Shark Tank and had role-played every answer. So their comfort level, level on set was right there. They looked confident because they had practiced a million times. And I think that's a very good formula for anyone going on Shark Tank. Practice. Right. So get comfortable. Not to memorize the answers, but you get comfortable in that world. Barbara, this has been such a pleasure. I'll say one more time. So you have had me on your great podcast, which is called Business Unusual. Everyone, the second that you leave this live to go subscribe to Business Unusual, wherever you get podcasts. It's a great podcast. But the episode that I love the most is the one that comes out on Tuesday because I'm on it. <laughs> My favorite so far, but I'm sure I'll replace you next week. <laughs> I'll take it. But I love you TikTok even better. I'm telling you, I love that TikTok we did together. You oh. are a pretty funny kind of a guy. And, you, I, and, and you're a blast, Barbara. This is so, it was so fun. We have to do more, uh, more of everything, including TikToks. I'm going to hold you to it. Barbara, short chain, obviously, everybody knows. Uh, New season is amazing. Uh, business Unusual, her fantastic podcast. A couple of people had asked in the comments about the name of the book. So there it is. Oh, thank you so much. You've got it. I love it. And um, well, one and a half, not twice. Um, so anyway, thank you, Barbara. This has been inspirational. We, we so appreciate all the great work that you do, inspiring and helping entrepreneurs. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Jason. Appreciate it. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.